de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hi, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome back to De Colores Radio. This is episode 73. My favorite number. Wow, you're rude as hell. Why? That's my part of the script. Oh, it. Oh man. Your favorite number is 24. Bye. How is everyone doing? I'm okay. Damn, Eeyore. As always, thank you all <laughs> so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is my friend, Raphael Tamayo. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Stop, I'm sad. You really don't sound good. No, I'm okay. Okay, I was like, you didn't seem that off. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yep, so on with the show. Ew! <laughs> the other day, this lady, Rafa, said, oh, how's your daughter doing? And she was like, my daughter's fine. Why don't you ask about me? I felt so sad for that. her. And I turned around and I said, ma'am, I've been telling him to ask how I'm doing for three years. I know. And this is, this is what he does. So I felt bad for her, but I was also proud of her for... For owning that she wanted to be I was going to be, be like, I don't care about you, lady. But you did it. I didn't say that. I wish you would. I would actually yeah. be proud of you because I need you to... Um, be that way. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, anyway, sometimes. so are you going to ask me or am I just oh, going to keep going? Uh, how are you doing, Emma? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, I'm all right. I feel like I've been kind of up and down and I was kind of... Really feel yikes, mira nomás. Woo. Um Wow, Rafa's on a meme page. Um <laughs> I my meme mood. I I don't know actually. This last week had me in a real funk. Um, but I'm hopeful. I'm always hopeful. That's nice. My somebody or somewhere on Twitter or maybe my therapist was like, sometimes optimism is a defense mechanism and I was like, Yikes, what can I do right? Anyways, I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe I'm rambling. Um, with um. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, Rafa, I feel like we haven't talked in a while and we need a heart to heart. Okay. Um, I want to know what you're going through. Ooh. What's your internal temperature? <laughs> I want to give our <laughs> the little side eye that Rafa does during that is so funny. I want to give our listeners an insight into our personal energy, into how we are feeling right now, into the reality of our existence. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for meme mood. Go, Rafa. Go, Rafa. So this is not so much my mood. I mean, it kind of describes. So I can sometimes find myself in really awkward situations. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll talk to someone in a different environment than what they're used to seeing me in. That is very much your brand. <clears throat> yes. It is. And sometimes I'll forget where I actually know them from. Okay. So I'll be a little bit different. Like, I'm adaptable. Like, if I'm, you know, out in one place, I wouldn't necessarily be the same person that I am that if I'm... That describes everything I've ever known about you in the first time I yeah, met you. So. Yes. 
So this meme says, so I matched my professor on Tinder and he matched with her. She's one mile away. Her oh, name is Margaret. God. She's 36, a teacher, a loving mother of two and Game of Thrones fanatic. So their conversation says, oh, no, hey, Margaret Thatcher. I'm in your Wednesday lecture, LOL. She says, I'm well aware of who you are, Mr. Blank. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm scared. <laughs> so he says... I'll dick you down for an A in class and sends two emojis, you know, eggplant. Inappropriate <laughs> yeah. emojis. And then, she says, and then she says, excuse me? And then he replies with, so, dot, 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 chapter two is due next class. Cochino. <laughs> Pobrecito. That's so fascinating. But it just sounds really awkward. And it sounds like, you know, I'm known for putting my foot in my mouth sometimes. Wow, this is deep. No, I'm just saying, like, if I'm, if I run into someone that I was at, like, a fundraising dinner for a nonprofit for, and we talked about, you know, activating community spaces, and then later on, I'm like, yeah, turn the fuck up, where the shots at? At LC Lounge. Trap yeah. We loved, we love complexity. We celebrate that. Thank you for sharing inappropriate memes from your inappropriate <laughs> meme site. Um, my meme mood, I think. It's probably the screenshot of Meg the Stallion's face while G Easy was sucking it. Um, Cause it was funny. I actually thought it was hilarious and the internet blew up over it and we will discuss it more later. Um, the vo- whole video is kind of hilarious and then it was gone in the morning. Um, but this eye roll look she did, I was like, you know what, right. sis? Have fun with that because good for you and everybody needs that. Valentine's Day is coming up. You know, get what you got to get and keep it moving. Um, so that is my meme mood for today. Um, I actually, Pat, you have a meme mood? No, I was just going to say, are you trying to find your G-Eazy? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Pat. That was a really tough question. I feel stressed out now. G easy. Or easy and G. Pat. Gerald. Anyways. Um, maybe. We'll see. Shout out G Easy's. Um, just kidding. I don't mean that. Wow, I've really lost it. Um, I'm gonna try really hard to make this episode an hour long. That is my personal goal. I have a timer going right in front of me, and I believe in myself. So, with that, ah, I was about to say what I kept saying last episode. I don't remember what that was. I do remember. All right. Moving along now. See? (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) Last episode, we played catch up, and today is kind of similar. Um, There's lots of topics to discuss, and I'm sure, as always, by the time this comes out, there will be major other headlines. Um... So we will move right into the juice for today. This is the juice where we discuss the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. Um, So I just wanted to take a moment to um, bring attention to maybe those that don't know and to honor those who have been found dead in Mexico um, that worked at the Monarch Butterfly Sanctuary in Michoacan, Mexico. 
Um, so it's actually really sad because the first man was like the, the reserve manager, which was Omero Gomez Gonzalez. And then recently a second person that worked there, which he was the part-time tour guide named Raul Hernandez was also found dead. Um, and it's actually, I don't know what else to say besides scary to think about any of these people that are kind of like environmentalist activists. Um, they are the first to go. Like they just disappear. They couldn't find, um, Omero for a couple weeks and then he was found like in a well. Um, so that's really, really heartbreaking because these people do such incredible work in trying to, especially for Michoacan, like the monarch is everything right. And just in general, like that's a very big deal in the world. Um, and so to know that these people that work hard in these areas to keep the beauty of nature alive are under attack. And we've seen it with other people. We've seen it with Berta Caceres. We've seen it with um, people all over the world. It's, I don't know. I, to me, it's just like, that's what capitalism does. That's what money does. That's what greed does. Um, and that's why our planet is currently suffering. Um, so I wanted to honor those people. Pat, did you have any comment on that? You looked like you wanted to say something, Rafa. Important work. Um, Absolutely. Overlooked often. And yeah. even the fact that like we honor them after they pass is really heartbreaking as well. Um, all right. So then we're going to keep moving to some more. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, I swear every time. Biggest eye roll ever. Is this the biggest eye roll ever for you, Pat? For, as somebody that works in the library? Yes. All right. You, you work w- in a library? No, I just like books. Same. Literally same. Eh, burn them. Oh my Okay, God. Fahrenheit 451. Okay, John okay. Lennon saying they're better than the Beatles. I mean, than Jesus. <laughs> Shit. I um, make ebooks because they're... But how do you have one? Are y'all okay? An I'm e-book? trying to make this a episode an hour long. Are y'all done? It was a joke, Pat. I didn't Overdrive. Mean the, the Dallas <laughs> Public Library crew comes after me. They like come for you. They all start throwing books at you. You get paper cuts everywhere. Yeah. It's all like gang books. Like the outsiders. Hit me upside down. <laughs> Really? Gang books? And that's where you went? To the outsiders? What happened to Cherrywood? Li- library gang books. I know what you're saying. <laughs> that does not change it, pony boy. Damn. Anyways. What happened to Cherrywood? Where is the Cherrywood story? That's what I want to know. Actually, I would love... You sent me that YouTube link. And I would love to be able to discover and, and discuss, I guess rather, um, more of that Dallas history. Like, I really appreciate the Instagram pra- page, Texas Barrios. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I know, like, DJ Rocket made fun of me because he was like, oh, really? Like, you're gonna, you're so happy about this? I'm like, I think it's fascinating to, like, archive these pages yeah. as, like, internet, you know. Stuff. It's like history for it us is. that we don't see, even if it's not necessarily good, quote, unquote, stuff. I mean, the history that we do get taught ain't... ain't right, mm. but those all have, like, that historical white context, so it's, like, you know, framed as good, whereas, like, this is, like, interesting because it's, like, street shit. Yeah. Anyways, completely off topic. I love when Pat signals for us to move on after I have moved on. Um, American dirt, bitches. What the fuck? <laughs> so I kept seeing the cover of this book, and then I saw Oprah talk about it, and then I saw a picture of Gina Rodriguez with it. And then I saw some fingernails with it. 
And then I was reading things here and there. And literally, I think it was the night we went home that this started coming after we recorded last time um, that I kept seeing like stuff. And then I saw like Obed and some other like Latinx um, online people that were discussing and quoting like their version of what it would be like to write a story like this. Um, so this controversy um, was very entertaining even to watch just from afar because it kept unraveling and Oprah's book club is a huge deal. It is a number one way to go um, number one as a author. And when I started seeing that apparently it was a white woman that wrote this book. I was like completely at a loss. Um, and then everybody started discussing it's, it look, it makes people on the border look terrible. It's very stereotypical. Um, and so then I was actually kind of hurt knowing that someone like Oprah backed this. And then of course, um, I, I mean, a shout out to Maria Enihosa and Antonia Cerejido and that whole team at Latino USA because they actually got a interview with the author. They got one with Sandra Cisneros. Um, what is the name of the the person who was calling them out? Miriam. Um, um, what's her name? Miriam. I'm trying to get her last name. Anyways, shout out to everybody that was kind of speaking out against this because Miriam Guerba. Thank you. Uh, more, most importantly, it calls out the BS that is the publication industry. Um, as we've said a million times, every single industry <laughs> is incredibly biased towards POC. So it's not surprising that this happens. Um, but this, the way this kind of like developed was really, really fascinating to see. Um, did, what was y'all's first hearing about this before we get into it? Before getting into American dirt, we're still talking American dirt. Yeah. Um, I same. I had only seen stuff online, and then I think one of the first things I saw, I think I overlooked it just because of the name American Dirt, and I was like, "This sounds like like That's a History true. Channel show or something." I don't know. Um, but then I saw that this author was writing about experiences that she didn't know about, and um, somebody, like a journalist out in California, had written an. Like she, she wrote an op-ed or opinion piece or, or something like she had to review it, I think. And then the pub or the, um, the paper came back and said, you know, we're going to pay you the 35% kill rate to, to not, cause we're not going to publish this. Oh, that was Miriam. Okay, cool. So that was her piece. So, mm -hmm. so when I read that, I was like, oh shit. Um, the, the, the piece that, or the sentence that got to me was where she said that you could tell from the beginning the way you're right describing away. like this experience, you can tell by the language of an outsider saying that you're going to do something like give a face to the faceless. And it's like, no, these people have had a face mm -hmm. all this time. You're not doing something. You're not this white savior that's coming to rescue a people who have so much history, so much culture. Right. And to think it can be categorized into something so, so small for your book right. is ridiculous. So there's Pat, did you want to comment anything before we get into it? Cause there's a lot of layers I mean, here. I mean, the only thing was the, how I came across it was also like Latinx publishers and authors that I follow on Twitter. And I'd seen the people like mocking the storyline. So mm -hmm. that's when I came across um, Miriam's story and was talking about it with like all the librarians at work. And we're like, did you see this? And we're just kind of 
freaking out and pissed off and it just kind of sucks because um even like one thing i i noticed too is like um they are also not it's like also erasing away like central american narratives of like in the borderlands mm-hmm. too of them having to immigrate so it's just kind of a lot of stuff that i was just it was making me very uncomfortable and pissed off as somebody that like researches and looks into like books and authors and reads stuff constantly to critique how our narratives are being told at this time because I try to get the books out there for people to read so it's just really frustrating so the cover itself on the book has like some flowers and some barbed wire and so then it was also really disturbing because the author tweeted fingernails with the cover on her nails Um, and then basically everything she ends up getting called out for Luckily, the lovely Maria Hinojosa, who's a brilliant interviewer, asked her in this uh, Latino USA interview. And of course, um, the white woman woman did what the white women do um, and kind of just denied everything. Right. She took no accountability for it. Um, She said those were not her fingernails, which I thought was fascinating because I was like, who's tweeting other people's fingernails like this uh, randomly? And saying they love it. So she was given, I believe, at least a million dollars. To, to create this. Um, then she says that she was having a hard time coming to terms with it and accepting that she should do this. Then she claimed her father passed away and she had to push through and kind of as a way to almost honor him. It was just a whole strange setup she had. And she was like, I just didn't feel comfortable. And now I don't know what to do. And I can't believe this is happening. And then there was a part where they even discussed how she essentially plagiarized a piece, uh, a part of a book from an actual Latino author, literally the same like storyline, I guess, or like someone, I guess, was found in a trash can or someone was found dead or something in a trash can or something like that taken from another book that she even said, yes, I read it. And then she was like, but I didn't, it wasn't part of the book. I, I didn't take that from the book, even though like, yeah, you obviously did. And so for every single thing, she was just she you could tell she was just like boomy whammy and now she's like i realize that poc don't have the same access in the publication industry now and i don't ever i don't know if i ever want to write again i just have to write one more book because it's a contract i already fulfilled but after that i'm never gonna do this again and she was just like i researched i went there and i was just like how does this even work like that's the part that even someone like Joaquin Phoenix who came out and said surprisingly at the BAFTAs that POC are being overlooked. I'm like, but what are y'all actually doing as white people that claim they're allies in any industry? Because this goes across entertainment, education, anything. What are y'all actually doing to fucking bring us to the table? And then you have someone like Sandra Cisneros who everybody praised and she's like, I stand by my statement. I stand in support of this book because I think by this white woman writing it, more people might actually have sympathy for us because that's what works because it's worked this far along Sandra Cisneros. I mean, I think at this point with someone like Sandra Cisneros, like, thank you for what you've done, but there's new voices and we can't trust your voice to be the representative for our community any longer. Right. You did a lot for us and we appreciate it. And it's the same with every, uh, almost. I think like that's we what talk happens about, with being idols in general, which will be our next discussion. Exactly. Kobe. <laughs> Literally anyone that we can talk about in terms of 
identifying with them early on in their career or some of these things that you were so connected to because of the impact that it had on you and the relatability factors like cool and people grow and especially those that see the success from sharing that impactful story or being that successful artist or any of that they get to a point where it's like yeah we don't really know what that's like anymore it's like the famous rapper who keeps on rapping about you know having money and doing all these things and it's like bro we get it yeah like you can only rap about what you know so much before it starts getting old for sure and that's why i and you know that particular type of formula applies to everyone sandra sees nettles included i believe i mean everybody included and so even the way that she was like defending her statements and i i really can't stress enough how brilliant maria is as an interviewer because she pushes these people that she even considers friends right she considers someone like sandra a friend but still making them uncomfortable enough to say what you're saying does not add up if you are saying as a latina advocate for writers it does not make sense to tell them to literally solve their frustration with this situation to go write a fucking poem that's literally what she told people to do like i don't know when y'all will understand that to actually evolve culture or to move society forward, you have to make people uncomfortable. You have to demand more, which is why maybe I get so many 30 year old men that are angry with me or intimidated by me or bothered by me. And that's my own tea for another day. But it's the same kind of thing, right? Like when something makes someone uncomfortable, they want to step away from it or they want to stick to their plan as opposed to saying, you know what? I might be a little washed. Let me just either step back and be quiet and observe or let me evolve with the culture because something like American dirt should have never been given to a white woman in the first place. And the way they marketed this shit is disturbing because they had a huge campaign to the point where Oprah's book club made this thing their fucking book. And then all of a sudden Oprah's book club was fucking reaching out to all these Latina women. I have never seen that in the history of my life. And I'm I'm an Oprah fan. And then all of them were posting it. And luckily, someone like Selma Hayek at least said, I retract my statement. I didn't read this book. And and that's so important. That's how you recognize who these stars are and what they stand for. Do they really stand for you? Are they doing whatever their agent tells them to do? Which is why it's so important, myself included, to realize that these are flawed ass humans that we idolize and that they don't mean everything in that way. And it's okay to advance culture outside of whatever they're doing and to really inform yourself because this shit is not it. American dirt, que la chingada. Lord. Next topic. Rafa, you started. This one's rough, and I'm sure it'll generate a lot of conversation among people who oppose one idea or oppose one opinion on it, but Kobe Bryant passed away along with his daughter Gigi mm-hmm. and along with a few other passengers. Yes. Um, Initial feeling thoughts. I was heartbroken. So <clears throat> we were at the. I was at the park with my brothers and some friends, and uh, somebody, I think it was Manny, posted a TMZ article on the Kixpo thread. Mm. And I was like, I was like, fucking Manny, right? I was like, motherfucker's posting some dumb shit. Like, he'll always post like some really wild shit. And it's funny for a second, but I'm like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. And then it was like TMZ. I was like, oh, they, this was a really good Photoshop. 
And so I tell my brother Justin, and I'm like, yeah, look at this shit. And he's like, what the fuck? And so then, like, I go on Twitter just to double check. And so there there was literally nothing on Twitter yet. And so slowly things start to come in. There, and, and it's these reports that are saying that he passed away in a helicopter crash. And I was like, no fucking way. And so immediately, within like five or ten minutes, Justin, myself, and a few of the other homies that are, you know, sitting down, are looking through and now like it's being reported across different like news stations and different like sources and finally I think it was one of the ESPN writers or someone had confirmed it along with TMZ and I was like holy shit and I told my brother Pee Wee who was playing and he looked at me really weird like this is a strange thing to say right now like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense why are you saying that I don't get what the joke is blah 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 And so then, like, the game's over, and we're all, like, fucking shocked. Like, we can't believe that it's real. It's like, no, Kobe Bryant actually passed away. And, you know, we're still trying to make sure that, like, something. I I think, um, I don't know who it was. I I don't think it was Kyrie. It was somebody else who was like, I had seen all of the news, but I was still waiting at the end of the day for someone to say he jumped out of the helicopter Mm. and, like, in full hero mode survived, right? Um, but like within those first 20, 30 minutes, it was complete shock. Then I want to say for like the remainder of the day, it was like this just really numb feeling Mm -hmm. because it brought up a lot of memories. And we talked about, you know, my oldest brother who passed away about five years ago, we were, he was, so my brother Jose never wore Nikes at one point in his life. He was anti Nike. He fucking hated Nike. Oh my God, I didn't know that. He was like super Adidas, right? So he was all Adidas. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so Kobe Bryant was with Adidas before he was with Nike. And so he had all of the, um, the Kobe Adidas and we would make fun of him because some of the, some of those Adidas, like I'll pull them up. They're fucking ugly. Yeah, They're still imagine. disgusting. And so, um, but my brother loved him. And also my two older brothers were always, on the opinion of Michael Jordan is not the best basketball basketball player of all time. You know, they were always like, oh, it's Oscar Robertson. And so the only other person that came close to the conversation of someone being the best NBA player that was not Oscar Robertson was Kobe, Kobe. Bryant. And it was like, yeah, because like you can you can see it. And they believed that although Kobe might have had a little bit more flash in the way that he played, he he stood for the game like as more of a noble like athlete than Michael Jordan did. And they were like, oh, Jordan's just concerned about his Jordan brand and blah, blah, blah. And like this idea of a legacy rather than committing himself to what it means to be a great athlete. And so like back then, that's when the fandom started for Kobe Bryant. And then over the years, it just grew to like something beyond the game. And uh, yeah, like we were numb. And like it was just really weird because I we, we hadn't been... Like, we never dealt with grief of someone we had never met but was so impactful in our lives mm. to that point. Um, and, you know, we reflected. We got really sad because we started sharing memories of, you know, of our brother mm-hmm. and then all that other stuff. So it, it had, a you know, a bunch of different emotions because obviously we didn't agree with every single thing that this human being did as a person. But, again, like, you start talking about the layers of complexity of, of what it means to be a, a, a human being. And it's right. like, yeah, you know, and... and, and you know, it's not trying to get rid of, of a story or get rid of other people's feelings or completely negate the reality of, of the world that we exist in. But um, this this man did something that was beyond uh, what a lot of other people on this planet can do in terms of, you know, 
being inspirational, motivational, and bringing people together and um, really making sure like the best in you came out. So I'm still hurting. Like it's I'm still kind of weird. Right I feel now. like I'm going to. I am too. <laughs> it's still like, it's still really weird to think that, right? Like Kobe Bryant and his, oh my God. Like, and his daughter, like that his shit's great. That shit is even crazier. Like that's like. Well, and, the and then even hearing about the other people and like the dad. Well, that yeah. Also, and he, he was like also really big on helping like other athletes with yeah. advance in their career with baseball. And like his daughter was also, also an athlete and it was like his wife too. Yeah, that ESPN tribute that Michael B. Jordan narrated, at the end, um, he's, they say something like, you know, um, where we're talking about grieving and we're crying, and it's like, you know, these tears, something along the lines of these, t- these tears are part of it, right? But we should be grateful, we should be thankful, because we got Kobe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and, and you know, I've, I've heard, and I've gotten a lot of, you know, even within my small circle of really close friends, it's like, well, you know, he was this. And I'm like, man, like, it's really hard to all, all of the things that he did for someone like me or my family or my brothers. Like, we don't take a stand to say these people that are victims of, of this type of situation, like that we don't care about them because it's it's not that it's like you're able to like really look at these stories and be like, how can I work so that I can empower these people and make sure that I honor their stories while understanding that this is a flawed human being who was able to give me inspiration and bring my family together in some way. And like, yeah, like it's weird and it's tricky and you have these opposing feelings and, and things that, that seem to contradict each other, but that's what it means to be human. Right. But we don't want to accept that. Right. We don't. And Pat, whenever you're comfortable, feel free. I Do you want to go before me? Um, I mean, it's just like, I know we've been talking about it a lot with our sisters that um, we did grow up watching him um, and we bonded a lot with our dad, which was one of the few moments that we could bond with our dad and seeing him, it just like was really inspiring at that time to see him as an athlete. And obviously when everything happened with... Um, the woman um getting assaulted by him like we were really young so we were kind of oblivious to it we were like we were just kind of still supporting him as an athlete um but even as myself like only now recently being more open about like the assault I received as a kid it's always like how do you balance being a fan of somebody that did do something like that um and that's why it's like how can I have conversations with people and like tell them hey I still respected like him as a player. I know what he did and I know that that's not okay. But I also still see like the stuff that he was doing for women athletes, which I think is amazing. And I'm like, what other athlete can do something shitty as that? And try and like, like I know that for me, like especially like I would never want to see the person that made me a victim get celebrated or honored in any way. But... I do realize that he did make an effort to, like, cleanse, like, not necessarily cleanse himself of his sins, but, like, he, like, tried to do stuff to make the world better in whatever way he could. Um, whether that be, like, uplifting his daughter, any anybody in the industry, I think he did a, other things that made me feel somewhat okay with it. Obviously, it's still hard to balance, um, 
And it's just something I've had to deal with myself um, as someone that was a fan of his and knowing that he did that. So I don't know what else to say, obviously, because I'm a wreck right now, but I'm trying. And what is it that's enough, right? Like how... Like, to me, like, it feels like it's okay. And I obviously still, like, grieve and deal with it and know that it's probably not easy for her. Just like it's not easy for me to talk about sometimes. But I realize at the end of the day, he did the best that he could to make up for what he did. And I think he was aware that he did do something shitty. Um, And that's where I at least feel okay at the end of the day. And I'd like to think that at least her now, she's can be at peace at some point. I feel like that's where... Because I, I like to feel at, at peace because if I were to carry something like that, I wouldn't want to. Um, I'd hope that because now, like, maybe she'll eventually be able to breathe and, like, have a moment where she can relax. But Right. So that's the thing I keep hearing is how much of an incredible figure he was to everyone. Right. And, like, that to me is really amazing that someone like this had such a huge impact on so many people cross-culturally that when he passed surprisingly it was like an energy shift happened in the world or at least in america right i can only speak this whole where day, I am. that whole day was that just- whole day all last week i couldn't even be on the internet i literally like didn't want to talk about him i didn't want to see him i didn't want to watch interviews um and it is partially because of what pat said which is like that was the bonding moment for my family with our dad if you wanted to connect with my dad you have to talk sports so all of us like sports all of us tried to play a sport and for me like basketball was everything and for pat and so we literally um would watch sports with him like that was the only way to bond for me like that's literally the only point i'm the youngest of four so like a little bit of a different experience but Kobe was like my dude like he was my number one dude like he was on my email I had number eight in my email like and so then when I and and I actually want to be honest in that like when that situation happened the same thing with Michael Jackson for instance I was very young when both of those cases happened and I was pro the celebrity I did not understand these women perspective I did not understand the victims because I was just another person in society that was like who are these women very like patriarchal thinking very um you know just anti-woman thinking because that is what this country really thrives off of and so it wasn't until I got older and I realized how the situation actually went that I was like wow this makes me actually really look down on Kobe and I think that was in college um And then in the last few years, I was seeing a lot of the work he was doing for women. So it it did make me kind of take that back a little bit. Um, But when I read this article saying how this woman received death threats forever, the woman in the situation, I was like, you can't even imagine the levels that she's had to go go through. And we praised the hell out of this man, basically, after he apologized um, and kind of pretended it didn't happen. And so I was super conflicted when he passed because it was creating like a weird 
emotion for me um, in a nostalgic way, which is kind of what Rafa referenced as well. And then even seeing the girl dad shit, I was like, oh, bitch, the daddy issues jumped out, right? Because this is the only point that I really um, have felt connected, I guess, to my dad. And I think for my sisters, that's literally how we bonded with our dad was through sports. Um, So it was a lot of conflicting feelings because of who this person was. And I do believe that in a way it was kind of like his form of restorative justice, right? To really, the fact that he even ended up with four daughters is like insane to me, right? After a situation like that. And, and just the heartbreak of like having to die with one is really insane to me. And just all the, even the pictures and the bad bunny songs and this and that and it was a a literal cultural shift i have not seen a death like this ever um for me the last one that was this huge was michael jackson i think that i saw the global um shift and how much power and i say power because it's power we give to these people and then it made me also think like maybe from a religious standpoint that we're not supposed to have false idols right but because we are in such dark times constantly and we find any form of escape. I think sports is escapism and these people are are like our gods. And so I know that I love and appreciate Kobe and, and just seeing these, the aftermath of this has really been something and it's so heartbreaking. Um, But I, I think there's a lot to be said there that we even put this much power behind these figures and what they mean and what they stand for and who they are. Um, and even the, and it was kind of interesting. Um, Susie was mentioning how him dating a Latina was another thing. Cause I, once I learned that he learned Spanish to talk to his in-laws, I loved him again. Right? Like there was all these layers, um, that really are there. And there's so much to him as a person and who he became and how he was, he was always checking in on people. And the last tweet he sent was congratulating LeBron and like just all these things that it's like, damn, like a person can be human and make terrible mistakes and still be a lovable, beautiful person at the same time. Um, and you never know when someone's going to go. Yeah. I was just like, nobody's invincible. Like, at all the most one of the most incredible athletes in the world in a helicopter and the reason he took helicopters was to be with his family more like just everything there that's that this is a cultural shift to me and it it, it made me reflect on a lot and I hope we can honor his legacy and respect victims right do both it does not have to be one or the other and I don't think bringing that up makes it disrespectful I feel like someone like Kobe would say yes that was a part of my learning journey too because that's to me part of the mama mentality too and maybe some people might not like that um but I think that's why people like Nipsey Hussle or people like this have such a huge impact um whether it be during their lifetime or after their lifetime so that was a heavy one all right we are moving on to another sports um, the racist name team won, but more importantly, two white Latinas rocked the halftime show, y'all. Did y'all, did y'all catch that football game at the, uh, Shakira and J-Lo concert? Wow. <laughs> okay. So all of these things actually kind of go together because again, there's multiple layers here as well. Um, I, they did a great Super Bowl performance, um, because they are both incredible entertainers, which is why they are in the business and have been for so long. Um, 
I Shakita Shakita really is that bitch. I'm gonna be honest. Like she she um yeah, I just um I really appreciate her. It made me want to like go back and listen to her old music again. Um JLo did great. I thought Did you hear about the 18 year sorry not before you go into JLo about the 18 year old choreographer that I didn't. That's that taught cool. um Shakita the dance moves that were like oh, wow. um Af- like traditional Colombian um Dance, it was like traditional those, like Colombian Afro Latino like dance moves. Yes, and those are inspired fr- from what I'm what I've read. I believe it's called Chapeta, and then that also derives from Congo, which is what a friend of mine tweeted. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that was really dope to see. Um, the performance I, itself, I think, was a great performance. I am going to say I, and it's not a contest, but Shakira really kept my attention a lot more um j-lo just said y'all didn't give me an oscar here's my me on the pole i i you know if you got it flaunt it i'm all pro that she her daughter good. has a beautiful voice shout out mark anthony uh i kind of think she has a better voice than j-lo j-lo never had a voice True. though okay, so these are facts right like that's what i want to get across when we state these things about any of the topics we've discussed it doesn't have to be hateful. Like, I don't think criticism necessarily comes from a terrible place, right? When I say I wish that these women would have included Afro-Latinos or would have standed, like, stood or kneeled with Kaepernick or however you want to frame it, I can say that and say that they are also brilliant performers because they are. Um, I, I will also say I adore Shakira for wearing her Zootopia costume because... I have to stand after that. I was like, wow, that is amazing. And then I guess some people said, and I did not catch this. I don't know if y'all did. People said that JLo had kids in cages, quote unquote. I did not interpret it as that I until I saw it on the internet. I didn't interpret it as that either until I read the article. Did you like, see what? it as that? I mean, I, you could, I think it was hard not to. I was literally like, oh, lights. <laughs> No, there was a bunch of stuff. Um, and there was like the American flags and then she had the Puerto Rico that turned into the American. The, yeah, like so, literally. So my thoughts are I wasn't a big. F- so at first I was like, why are they having J-Lo play with Shakira? Right. It should have just been Shakira. But then I'm like, oh, that's right. We're in America. Super Bowl. So you have to throw something for American appeal. And then, you know, the controversy around why they took it was like it made things a little bit weird. I'm not a J Lo music fan at all. I'm not really a J Lo acting fan. As someone who worked with J Lo, what do you have to say? (laughs) (laughs) But all of the statements she made and all the conversations that she brought up and then people getting pissed off because she brought a Cuban flag out or people were people that were Puerto Rican flag. Yeah. So it was like, why is there a Cuban flag at the halftime show? And that was hilarious. That part there's people that actually thought it was a Texas flag. Yeah, that was also funny. That was sad, bros. That made me so sad. But I think that with the platform of the Super Bowl halftime, Shakira and J Lo did an amazing job at bringing up conversations that needed to be had. I wasn't a big fan of the spectacle of the the Super Bowl halftime show as much on J Lo's end. Um, Shakira worked there. I shit. was, and I always will be a Shakira fan. She was dope. She killed it. Um, you know, I I think J Lo did as much as she could, and I'm thankful that they used uh this performance to to really make statements and to bring some like valid uh points to the table 
while giving us a great fucking show. I guess for me, I didn't see them as obvious, maybe. And I was like, for me, I'm like, if you don't say Black Lives Matter, don't do nothing. Like, I'm obviously very much <laughs> beyond that shit. But once I realized later, I was like, oh. And then more importantly, well, not even, not even more importantly, because it's really not that their voice is more valuable. But I didn't eat, like, when you're in that bubble again, going under the CNN post and seeing how many whites were angry. And I mean, angry. Oh, yeah. At these two Latinas performing, I had to I had to laugh because you it's like the racism's always there. Don't matter if they're white Latinas or not. Right. And so that's the part that I'm like, let's not become not divisive because I feel like that's a ploy as well. Mm-hmm. But like it almost does. Right. Because white America still hates us and whether we're white Latinos or not. But that's where we as a community also need to say, hey, we can do better and ask for more. And Bad Bunny does not have to wear a do-rag, right? A, a don't rag. Why did he do that? <laughs> because, But that's the thing, right? All these people are taking blackness and black culture because they think it's theirs. The same way Rosalia is wearing gold teeth in Kylie Jenner's video. Why are you wearing gold teeth, sis? Why do your nails have money signs on them? Are you from the fucking hood? Are you a black woman? Are y'all ad- any of y'all advocating for black women or black people in general? And Black History Month? No. Y'all aren't. And that is you can't you can't dismiss that you just can't so it can be both yes they did an amazing job and i loved seeing zootopia live and (laughs) y'all can still do better right y'all can still do more y'all can still advocate for these things and j-lo doesn't have to say bronx girl magic on her fucking t-shirt and wear that and take away from something that is specifically for black girls black women and pretend it's yours because that's what Latinos have been doing since the start of quote unquote Latinidad, which is why the last six months of this podcast and even ever since that conversation we had is why we discussed that idea of Latinidad is bullshit. Because it's all been like centered around whiteness and trying to achieve whiteness and trying to um, just become one or just blend in with white supremacy. And there's obviously many reasons for that. But to completely ignore and then just take from black culture is abysmal. So um, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it was funny. It was entertaining. Um, I know people want J-Lo to have an Oscar still. And that was kind of a funny little nod her on the poll. But I also saw another tweet that was like, Jayla wouldn't have been on the poll if it wasn't for Janet's downfall, right? And so a lot of people call Super Bowl Sunday Janet Jackson Appreciation Day or something like that because her career took a big hit after that situation where, you know, all the nipple controversy happened. So it's just like there's a lot there, but it was entertaining. And the whites were mad. The whites were hella mad. Jeb Bush did say that was his first favorite hot halftime show of all time. Which was very cochino of him. And I think he's married to a Latina. I was like, calm down, bro. Please keep it in your... Never mind. He's like, clap, please. Anyways. Ooh, the Super Bowl. I'm glad it's over. Football season is kind of exhausting. If you're in Dallas, absolutely. I actually, with both of these things, I guess I've become more of an art bitch because I grew up very much a both bitch. And I'm way more an arts bitch now because I see how much money and power we give to sports and masculinity. And that's another conversation. But I just get tired of it. (laughs) I mean, Dallas did win the Super Bowl. so In 95, bro. 
Kansas City was originally Dallas Texans. And Kansas City, y'all need to change y'all's fucking name. What the hell's wrong with us? Ooh, this country. All right. Um, Rafa, did you get to read the next article or should we uh, jump to the next topic? I glimpsed at it. Ain't nothing new. Go ahead. Um, I, we're not going to get into it too much because I am trying to do this one hour challenge thing. I just d- decided for myself. And I think more will develop from this because basically Diddy was called out and Khalees, not Khalees was called out. The Neptunes were called out. Um, and I think that's important because even your own can not be down for you. For real? Wow. Wow. That's basically what we just said about the Latinas. Wow. <laughs> we'll discuss that more later on. Our final topic of today, and by later on, I mean, I don't know. We'll come back to it one day, I'm sure, because even... Pat, don't show me the time. I'm stressed out already. Okay, Magna Stallion and G-Eazy. So basically, um, on the internet, a video surface of G-Eazy literally... He posted it on his story. Pat, why are you... (laughs) Why does she always do that to me? Yes, Pat, he did post it on her story. It was his story. It was him as our good friend, Ruka... From the YouTube channel, Chopped and Rooks, Dallas legend, Houston legend, now in Dallas. She said, G-Eazy looked like a trout sucking on Meg Thee Stallion's face. And I couldn't agree more because he looked like a fish. And G-Eazy is a white rapper. I don't know not one song except for the one with ASAP Rocky. And I don't even like that song because that lyric makes me uncomfortable. (sighs) And I was like, damn, Meg this who you're with now sis i saw a whole thread about how they should have known because she says cock that's so true she does say cock everybody knows that's for the white boys i didn't know that was a white thing you didn't know you use cock pad no i don't but i thought it was hilarious and i just kept looking i love looking at the comments oh my god anyways then today basically the internet blew up (laughs) on on monday because everybody was like oh my god meg how could you do this on black history month why not with (laughs) g-eazy everybody was broken and um of course black twitter came with like the best hilarious tweets ever and then this morning she was like y'all y'all done because get it out of your system it's not true i'm not i'm not with him I was like, I knew, I knew it. I knew it. I really was the whole time. I was like, it's promo. This has to be promo. She's good at this. Um, and I honestly appreciate it because of course men were like slut shaming her, but I'm like, dudes can do this shit all the time. It's so fun to see somebody that like really does not give a fuck. And she's just having fun with it. Cause she's young and single and she's like, fuck it. Why not? Why can't I have a good time with a mediocre ass white rapper man? Um, so thank you, Meg, for this not being real, because I was actually a little bit worried about you. And I believe that is the end of the juice. Drink up, bitches. Okay. <laughs> I guess I do have a dear Eva. Sorry, folks. I didn't think anybody said anything. Do do do. Ding 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 ding. That's a keyboard. This is dear Eva, bitch. Wow, I'm sorry. I keep saying that. Um, Today's Dear Eva, I didn't think we had any, but we have one. And it literally just says, and I quote, career advice. Very broad. I wish I knew a little bit more about the circumstances so I could offer more advice. Um, Career advice. I say follow your heart. Um... 
that's also really hard to do because the way that money is set up in this world is very complicated. So the uh, main reason I got into the work I'm in currently, TBH, is because I needed health insurance and I needed health insurance for mental health. I needed therapy, etc. Um, I obviously had enough love and passion in the work I do so that I could work in it and be satisfied for enough time. But everybody wants to grow and evolve eventually. And that's okay, too. So when it comes to like schooling, I always tell people to go where their heart is because you're going to be doing this the majority of your time. So you have to decide what is the thing you care most about. Is it about making the most money in the world? Is it about having a good time? Is it about loving what you're doing? Because you're going to hate even the things that you love to do sometimes. Um And I also personally don't want to give that much of myself to my career. I still want to be a person outside of just my career. Um, So there's a lot of different things to discuss behind all of that. And it'll vary from person to person. Um, But I think so often capitalism and the American dream make us focus so much on our career just to get us to work for capital and to try to make it. And a lot of us are mostly in survival mode, especially if we don't come from wealth. Um, So consider all those things and decide what you actually want to do. What actually makes you happy? Um, Are you trying, is there a certain goal you want to accomplish? Is it for you or is it for your people? Is it for your family? Is it for your mom? Focus in on what it is and um, find what brings you joy and peace simultaneously if possible I know that's also a very like dreamy idealistic way to think um, but I personally do not want to die because of my job I don't think that's worth it I don't think jobs are are defining existence and I think that's all I have based off of the two words you submitted (laughs) all right that means it's time for self-care corner remember when rafa sang a little bit last week that was my favorite did i yeah you did like a weird little eh, and i was like ooh. (laughs) all right so my self-care corner for this week i want everybody to take a minute and breathe with me real quick (laughs) you're disgusting someone's poor ears had to hear that um, but really, just like plant your feet on the ground, put your phone down, Rafael Tamayo. Everybody, put your phone down. I can make you put your phone down. He's still on it. Well, wow. oh, you said put it down. I didn't know. Put it down on me. Okay. Down. I'm a wow, we just sang three different songs. Wow, icons. Um, wow, he's drinking. He don't give a fuck. He is bad at this. Y'all see how bad he is at relaxing? Now he's picking shit up. Anyways, take a deep breath. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm, that looks inappropriate from over here, sir. Can you stop? Oh my God. You were that kid that just never listened. No, I'm just kidding. You probably did listen. Put your hands on your knees. I can touch your elbow. What am I saying? I'm messing it up. Anyways, just take a breath. And consider how much you've accomplished in your life by your own measure, not by society measures, not by white professional measures, by your own measures. At whatever age you're at, 
you are beyond your wildest dreams already and you've done a lot more than you thought you would ever do and you're currently here right now living and breathing so give yourself some credit and everything in society is against you and you're still here and that itself is amazing so pat yourself on the back (laughs) everybody hears us pat 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 patting pat and own that and give yourself a little glory in that you're still here in whatever you're doing. And you're listening to the Colores Radio, which I think is pretty iconic. So give yourself an extra pat pat and give yourself credit because right now times don't feel like they're getting any better. And people are really stressed about the Iowa caucus. And I ain't stopped being stressed since 2016. So <laughs> I can't say that I lost sleep over the Iowa shit. I can't, you know, we all have different things. We have different battles. There's local battles, national battles, global battles, earthly battles. And sometimes you just need to take a breath and say, I'm here. I'm doing this. And that's enough. That's important. And I think that's kind of what we said last time. But my therapist this past week was like, bitch, she called me bitch. I'm just kidding. But she was like, you're 25. Look how many barriers you've broken down. And I was like, okay, bitch, damn. This is why I pay you. So I just want to remind you all that. So I hopefully that did that for you today. Because no matter what your expectations were for yourself, you're still magical and brilliant in your own way. And if you're working on yourself and working to heal yourself, even better. Okay? So that's our self-care corner for the week. Woo! And now we can go through... Some upcoming De Colores events. Rafa, do you want to take the first one for me, pal? Yes. Loving and Loving, opening February 7th at Bishop Arts Theater Center, right here at Jefferson and Tyler. Directed by our lovely friend. Been on the show plenty of times. You might have seen her in Generations of Adam if you went to the Generations of Adam performance at Artstillery. The one and only Mo Gangsta herself. Morgana Wilborn's directing that. Um, DR... Man Hansen, who was also in Generations of Adam, is in the show. Colby Calhoun, one of our summer camp School of Yes teachers, Brilliant is in that artist. show. Um, the whole team, the whole cast, everybody over at Bishop Arts Theater Center is super dope. So loving and loving, a uh, very important story that should be shared. And I have no doubt that the production will be amazing. I'm going to um, share the synopsis in case yes. you want it. You ready? Loving versus loving. That's what I kept calling it. I thought they were going to play Nuck If You Buck in the middle of it. I was ready. Inspired by the true love story between Richard and Mildred Loving, an interracial couple from Virginia who were arrested in 1958 for being married. This play, why do I always get this weird little accent? This play examines the landmark Supreme Court case, Loving v. Virginia. Beginning in the present day and flashing back to the 1950s and 60s, this historical story is told from a 21st century perspective and puts a human face on this famous court case and the ongoing legacy in a multiracial America. So shout out to Teresa and Morgana who came and visited us last episode. Shout out to Bishop Arts Theater, who we are very excited to be working with um, as we move forward throughout the year. And that will be awesome. So that runs until February 23rd. Get your tickets at bishopartstheater.org and support um, 
black women-owned theater. I also think this is a perfect time because especially with G-Eazy and, and Meg Thee Stallion and even Vanessa Bryan and Kobe and all these interracial relationships that are getting a lot of, I guess, shine and not actual like, I, I mean, it's important to realize the historical context behind a lot of this as well. So very fitting a time. Our parasite screening just happened. It was so fun. What do y'all think? The movie is wild. It is wild. Yeah, it's really great. Ten ten. Ten ten. All right. Well, we'll maybe talk about it more next episode when we actually have experienced it. Um, but that is happening. That just happened this Wednesday, February fifth, and we had a great time. I think. Um, and I'm in the future now. Our our the thing we're partnering with Bishop Arts Theater Center is actually the Women of Color Comedy Show titled Girl Talk featuring some of the same comedians as last time and a few other guests. Ooh, That will be April 15th tax day. So do your damn taxes so you can come at myself. And um, yeah, that's going to be a good time. Expect to hear more from those lovely ladies. And we have a lot of fun stuff planned for that. Go, Rafa. 214 Selena, happening March 27th through the 29th. Got a lot of stuff planned um, and bringing some cool people to do some cool stuff. So follow at 214 Selena. We'll be posting stuff on Facebook, Instagram. Um, Submissions are now open for the art show. Submissions are open, so make sure you email at email dallas for selena at gmail.com doesn't have to be ready even if we've um, worked with you before just let us know what you're thinking of submitting if you're an artist who hasn't submitted before but wants to let us know that they're working on something just do that um, we want to make sure that we can calculate the proper amount of space um, to be able to handle it because ideally we'd like to include everybody but we do get to the point where we have to start saying no to a few people just because of space uh, limitations. So again, if you are interested in participating in the annual Two and Four Selena Art Show, make sure you email your submission or intent to submit um, to the email dallasforselena at gmail com, and just make sure on the subject line you write um, art submission or open art call. Spread the word. We'll see you at Two and Four Selena. Yay! There is um, another exciting event coming soon that you will be hearing from. And I'll tell you next episode. But it might be a live recording or whatever for real. I mean it this time. Yay. (laughs) And the Gray Space Art Show, I think we discussed a little bit last time. We're moving that into summertime. Uh, The theme is still Summer 11. Hand me a blast and we'll give you more details soon. Um, So submissions for that are not officially open, but keep that in mind if you like participating in our awesome gray space art show. All right. It's time for our brown business of the week. Pat, do you want to do it? I think you went there as well recently. I sure did. Um, so Nuno, I spelled it. I spelled it wrong, bro. I'm sorry. Nuno's uh veg tacos tech. and veg mex grill. Yeah. So um I recent I actually was there last Sunday and I think you went this past Sunday. Saturday, but so, yeah. Okay, so we almost went like a week apart. That was kinda cute. It was cute. We totally planned it. <laughs> um I tried their delicious nachos, which was probably too much nachos, but that is totally okay with me. Um, I got it with um, Al Pastor, 
and was pretty cool because, I mean, I didn't make it to the end. I went with my friend um, Arlene and she took the rest of it. But it was really cool because if you don't finish the nachos at the bottom, there's a flour tortilla with black beans. So you can make a taco out of the leftover nachos, like whatever falls off the nachos. I thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah, that food was delicious. I really liked it. What did you think? What did you have? I had a torta de fajita and it was good. I only ate half of it because I got so fucking full. And I'm really impressed with some of this vegan shit, y'all. Like, I think people think I'm like going vegan and I'm like not. I just enjoy to eat healthy sometimes. I also really enjoy chicken tenders. So I really consider myself a balanced human being. Um, but it was super delicious. The service was really nice. The spot is really cute. It's in very far North Dallas, Richardson. Basically, mm-hmm. this article says North Dallas. That's Elias Richardson. Yeah. Is that still considered North Dallas? To me, that's just Richardson. Whatever. Anyways, it's delicious. It is a little drive if you're like in, I guess, just Dallas, Dallas. But it's pretty good. It's worth it. And it is Latino owned. So shout out to the family i believe that it says on this so article he, he, it's the son of the palote wow we love and an arlene was telling me that he actually went to mexico city and like um hung out and like worked in restaurants and stuff to kind of get the like street mexican flavor. and then he was like i don't need you dad and no, i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm gonna do my own thing um You're anyways oh my I'm just god <laughs> i hope that that's not I'm real family kidding. trauma bros. i'm just kidding i'm sorry yeah we're like we want I'm a sponsorship <laughs> sorry anyways go try it out go try out nunos or nuno nunos right mm-hmm, nunos tacos no. <gasps> wow he thinks no you were like a bad mom um tacos and vegmex grill it is delicious support your latino and black owned businesses y'all and just POC owned businesses, really. Woo! Now it is time for our final segment. And I'm only a little bit over an hour. I think I did amazing. And we're going to wrap up the show. So go, Pat. Ah! Oh, she farted. <laughs> was that what that was? I don't know. I don't know my own noises. Um, I just wanted to shout out Ila Bamba. I got to see them again. And. Wow. Um, fucking humble brag. Well, because, like. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying that, like, I forget. Like, there's some bands that, like, I will see repeatedly because they're that good live. And I just wanted to say that they're really good. Shout out to um, Michoacan because her family's from Michoacan. And I really liked that she spoke on um, colorism within the Latinx uh, identity and spoke out on that, um, which was really cool. She's always used her platform to speak on stuff. Um, and she does a lot of great work. She's on tour right now. But yeah, I just wanted to... What is her name? Luz. Luz Elena Mendoza. They're from. She's from Portland, but they're on tour right now. I want to know what it's like to be a Latino in a place with no fucking Latinos. I mean, we should talk to her sometime. That would be so interesting. But yeah, she's really cool. We already got identity issues here. Can you imagine being somewhere else? Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Over. But yeah. It's over. But yeah, just wanted to shout them out. They're really great, and I recommend anybody to listen to them if they haven't. Um, yeah, they released an album this past year. So yeah, that's all I gotta say. I don't have a who you got. Are you okay? I'm fine. I've been listening to new stuff, but I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I was listening to Key Glock's Yellow Tape. Same. It wasn't bad. Um, Young Dolph's Camp. I was about to say whore, but that's not Young Dolph. I got really excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's I yeah. Who I got is I I've got the faded DJs. Woo. That's who I got. Wow, are you okay? <laughs> oh, the book that I couldn't put down, Dawn. Shout Octavia out. Butler. I think Queen. it's the first of the that trilogy. Um stumbled upon that book and then couldn't couldn't really set it down. So it's an interesting read. Um yeah, that's who the fuck I got. You should Yay. read her short stories when I read for my book club. I'll send it cool. to you. Um I don't remember what I said last time, but I finished the latest season of Hip Hop Evolution and I love that show What's so that? much. I'm over you. And I want everybody to watch it because I just love getting the visuals to all these things I've heard or read before and or just seen and experienced from like a consumer perspective. Um, so that show's really fun. And I meant to do her last time, but I didn't get to. It is a local Dallas artist, Loners Club 97. I know I put Pat on for once. Look at that. Oh, what? how the turns tabled. <laughs> and Pat really likes her too. I actually saw her at the Rebirth uh, the Rebirth House, which shout out to Nisi who leads that. It is, I believe, the only house for, uh, or transition housing for um, black trans women here in the DF dub. Um, so go donate to them if you're feeling generous, but she had a show, they, excuse me, they had a show and Loners Club 97 was there. Oh, it's just Loners Club. I keep saying 97 cause that's, that's her Instagram Twitter, name. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways, their music, when they performed, I was shooketh cause this was just a house party and I was like, what the fuck? I feel like house shows, it's like house shows, like the band is either amazing or you're like, all right, see you next time. But Loners Club has the spark, the charm, and the talent of a true artist. And I wish nothing but continued growth for the, for her. And her latest, her album dropped. And it's great and it's fun and it's cute and short. And Pat loved it. And so Pat loved it. Y'all trust it more than me. Um, just kidding. I hope y'all trust me. <laughs> um, anyways, listen to Loners Club. And yeah, there's also a funny sketch show on Netflix called Astronomy Club. And that is a lot of fun as well. All right, folks, we did it. We did it. Less than an hour, 15 minutes. I wanted to show you all that I can do it. And I don't only do um, an hour and 85 minute shows. So that wraps it up for us here at De Colores Radio. Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media. Subscribe and leave us a darn review. Like go to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars and write a review for us. We'd love to keep growing, so please share it with everyone you know. Tweet us or just hit us up. We love hearing from you all. We could not go on without your support. Come out to our events, support our POC businesses, uplift our guests, and tell everyone you love to follow us at The Colores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin, Rafa at <laughs> Wow, that one hurt. And Pat at Pat.Arreguin. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Rafael Tamayo. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more 
Oh my God. More importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at decoloriscollective at gmail.com. Go visit decoloresradio.com. We have our POC businesses up there. We have our events up there. We have good times up there. Um, and thank you so much for being with us and join us again next time for the colores radio happy black history month bye yo the colores radio the colores radio